It takes courage to see the world as it is. It takes faith to see the world as it is and not to give up. It takes grace to hold both, courage and faith together. And to do so is love. Welcome on this sixth Sunday of Easter to these reflections on the Spirituality Vogum Day in the global pandemic of COVID-19. I'm Julia, a German missionary of the Vogum Day, living here in the San Francisco Bay Area. This month we are deepening the presence, reality and person of Mary as she plays a role in the Vogum Day. Let me repeat what I said to start us off today. It takes courage to see the world as it is. It takes faith to see the world as it is and not to give up. It takes grace to hold both courage and faith together. And to do so is love. This is what Mary represents for me and in my humble opinion is essential to the role of Mary in the womb day. This month on May 21st, Jaime would have turned 94. His love for Mary was incredibly deep and, as we heard in these last week, is importantly rooted in his biography of the place he's from. What has always fascinated me about the relationship between Jaime and Mary is that it was empty of any pious frills and pomps. It was real. In a way, you can say a mystical experience that changes a person's life is real. I would like to share with you two experiences with Jaime regarding his relationship with Mary that I had with him. One was probably 20 years ago when he came to Clayton, California, where the community administrated a retreat house. The retreat house was situated right on the Mount Diablo State Park, which is an ancient Native American sacred mountain and is a very beautiful enclave of California brush and sage, oak tree and creeks. He had walked from the retreat house down to a point where you were able to overlook a small piece of the powerful scenery. He was standing there with his rosary, and as I walked up from the creek, he called me to him. When I was standing there looking where he was looking, he was visibly just enjoying the cool breeze coming from the mountain, and having his rosary in his hand, he then opened the conversation. Que belleza! What beauty, did he sigh, and then said to you, to, to me, do you think the people who live here realize the gift of God in all this? In our conversation, which don't all relate today to, 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 to today's formation, it was clear, though, that he had shared the thoughts he was telling me already with Mary during his rosary. She was a real companion. He was talking to her. He wasn't praying the rosary to get mysteries done, but to share with his companion. Like the communion of saints, the people who surround you, together with Mary. The beauty he perceived, the questions he had, the suffering he perceived in the world. Another experience is quite a bit later and happened in Spain. Jaime began more and more decisively to articulate his deep mystical perception about Mary's presence in the Eucharist. Especially in my early years in the community, I remember how, he would, how Jaime would preach to us how people sometimes had no idea what the Eucharist is and 
and just would be there and praise a rosary and that sometimes he would clap his hands to him celebrating the Eucharist, distracting deeply pious rosary-praying people in his Mass from the rosary mystery they were in to pay some attention to the preaching and the Eucharistic consecration. So in a certain sense, nothing could be further away from Jaime than wanting to mash rosary and Eucharistic celebration uh, or to make the Eucharist a Marian celebration, far from him. And, of course, as any theologian knows, to talk about Mary's presence in the Eucharist is dogmatically a very difficult and even a bit of a dangerous issue. However, Jaime and I had talked many times about it because nearly every time we met in Spain or the USA, he would pull me aside to get me involved in his theological questions, which I found always a bit surprising since I was young and not a cradle Catholic. And that also says something about Jaime. I remember how he tried to explain to me his mystical experience and it had something to do with the human reality. The human reality that Jesus never would have been receiving flesh on bones if Mary would not have given it to him in her body. The ancient Latin hymn, Caro Gado Salutis, Our Salvation is in the Flesh. Jaime's mystical experience of Mary in the Eucharist was so strong, not because of dogmatic err wanting to add something or not believing it's enough that Jesus is our Christ and that that is our salvation. Nothing could be further away from Jaime. But rather, he did not want to forget the humanness of Jesus, not getting hung up in the liturgy and the representation in ritual but to feel the very body, the very reality Jesus held historically in this world, that his body was an historical, real body. And the way Jaime experienced it mystically was through the presence of Mary when he was celebrating the Eucharist, as he said, a bodily presence. However, There were many theologians in the community, and there are, that were telling him to please stop talking like this about Mary, since they were worried, and quite correctly so, that it could be misunderstood if people don't understand the whole background on which Reimer was saying it, and so could be a problem. And so once we were sitting close to each other, Jaime and I, in a meeting, and one of the priest theologians in the community was again dogmatically correcting Jaime on this point, because he had made this point again, In the Eucharistic celebration, he had a Galileo Galilei moment, I found. Because as Galileo Galilei in front of his inquisitors, Jaime turned his head a little down and to my side and then said, In toda manera está ahí. Meaning, anyway, she is there. Besides that, it was very funny for me. It taught me something very important about the role of Mary in the Roman day. She is a grounding force. She makes it very clear. We live and pray and express our faith in a body. It's not a pious inspiration, but Mary is a grounding force. She teaches us courage, faith as gifts of grace and as actions of love. Because it takes courage to see the world as it is. It takes faith to see the world as it is and not to give up. It takes grace to hold both courage and faith together. And to do so is love. 
In practically all our chapels that have mural maps in the center, Mary is looking upon the world, the body of Christ. She is representing in the art of the Vervum Day the one who is aware, who has the courage of not backing down, but who has to carry the courage to see the world as it is and not to give up because of her faith. And if she is standing in front of the world map in our chapels, in a statue she is preaching, because she teaches us that justice and love is incarnated in bodies, that we can't talk of one without the other looking at the world. That Christ did not die in vain for love and justice, but that we as his disciples can follow in his footstep. As the early Latin church summarized, Dios amor et justicia est. God is love and justice. Because love without justice is irrelevant. And justice without love is unbearable. Or one might say love without justice is a tragedy. And justice without love is tyranny. Mary knew this as a woman educated with the Jewish wisdom of the Old Testament. Because it's deeply the Old Testament, to bind love and justice together. Hardly anything could be more relevant in these times of a global pandemic than having Mary as a grounding force in our midst. It has become very obvious in this time of pandemic how the social injustices in this country and in the world have been highlighted by the pandemic. How many more people die who don't have the luxury to stay at home, but have to go out and earn money to survive. How the impossibility to social distance and the ground crowdedness and the air quality have something to do with the infection rate and COVID-19 related death. In the opinion piece of the New York Times this Sunday, a research has been, has shown, has been showing that people in Chicago who live in radically different neighborhoods, affluent or poverty-stricken ones, but only live eight miles away from each other, have a different age expectancy of around 30 years. In the poverty-stricken areas, the average doesn't reach 60 years, and in the affluent areas, the average reaches around 90 years of age. I have not proven, proven this research in detail, but it sounds horrendous and it seems to have some truth to it. Eight miles distance, 30 miles, 30 years of difference in life expectancies. 120 people in the Bay Area commute at least three hours a day. 120,000 people in the Bay Area commute at least three hours a day to their jobs in homes, gardens, and construction. Mary knows that love and justice is embodied in the bodies of all color and ages and genders. She teaches us in the first cent she teaches us in the first century Judea and in the twenty first century in the United States. Don't refuge behind a curtain, behind impossibilities and too grand of a challenge. Have the courage to see the world, the injustices and the love and beauty. Have the faith that it's not impossible to change and receive the grace of both, so you might love. I think for me as a missionary sister, listening to people from all walks of life, it is hard to hear people from both ends of the spectrum telling me, anyway, we can't do anything about it. About injustices, about the poverty, about the privilege.
The ones who live in affluent neighborhoods saying, where to start? So much different issues of poverty, nothing will change. And the ones from poverty-stricken context saying, why do we care? I have to bring money home. I keep my head down and work. Let the world do its rounds. I can't change it. Both the womb day spirituality invites to remember Mary. You don't know what to do? Well, we can pray with her and talk to her and ask the Holy Spirit for inspiration where to begin. It will be given, I am sure. If someone is open to be called to the challenge, God will take up the quest. You don't even have the energy to think about more than your daily bread. Pray with Mary, who knows about the reality of incarnation. Pray with her and talk to her. God will find a way, generally very differently than what we are thinking. But one thing is for sure. Mary did not hide. She did not just give up and say the world was not going to change. She said yes and sung the Magnificat that God had looked upon her smallness to raise up the poor, to give them food and to actually create justice, not because she wasn't well in her mind, but because courage and faith through grace integrated in her and she was able like that to love. Jaime died, I would stay, say, still with so many things to share with us about the Verbum Day. So many Verbum Day spirituality things he had in mind remained unsaid, undone, unfinished. But he left us his intimate relationship with the Trinity and with Mary, his blazing desire for justice in this world, and his inspiration by the courage and faith of Mary. Jaime preached in one of the hundreds of spiritual exercises he has preached throughout his life something that I thought is very relevant for today. He says, For the Christian faith is drenched with the awareness of the present times. It is now and already yet, not after the tribulations of this world, that I am seeing God. It is my eyes who see it, not the eyes of another one. That is the reason why, according to the difficulties, concerns and persecutions, for the saints, their faith was growing accordingly. And they were able to live with joy, hoping that they could become an incarnation of faith in it. And that is what Mary did from the Annunciation to become the mother of the Apostles at Pentecost a whole life. For the Christian faith is drenched with the awareness of the present times, as Reimer said. Today is our turn to take courage to see the world as it is, to exercise faith to see the world as it is and not to give up, to receive grace to hold both courage and faith together, and in doing so, to love.